Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's pray. Okay. Yeah, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being our God. Mm -hmm. We cannot say thank you enough. You know, it, it's truly amazing to watch you work, to watch you uh, envelop your people's lives and, and watch you watch them come out on the other side better than they were before. Father, we, as we study today, we pray that uh, our audience will, will start to learn that about you, that we'll be able to present you to them in a way that, that they can understand that. And we thank you for the opportunity. Bless us this morning as we study and bless us as we listen to what you have to say to us through your holy word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 33 tonight. Exodus 33. And, uh, you know, Dan, have you ever been so upset with a family member, a child, um, let's go with the child. Have you ever been so upset at a child that you just looked at him and said, get out of my sight? Mm, yeah. I raised three boys. Whew. Tell me about it. They, if you, if no, you can. they were, they were, it, it was, it was wonderful. And they've turned out to be great men, great men. Yeah. I learned this through all this stuff with George. I've learned what, how, what kind of men they really are. They're, they're awesome men. Uh, but you know, that I had to run through the teenage years to get to be them to get to be men. Mm. And I had to run through the adolescent years and all of that stuff. And yeah, the, the, there's always going to be a pushback between a boy and his father. Always. There's always going to be a pushback a little bit between a mom and her daughter. Uh, and that pushback, if you're not ready for it, it, it can, it, it, it'll, it'll, especially if you had a really good relationship and all of a sudden one day they come back and they get in your face about something and, and you go, you know what? But if you don't move, if you don't move and you don't get out of my face, you and I are going to have a problem, you know? And, you know, I had that problem with one of mine and, and I didn't handle it well at all. Uh, I'll tell you, I won't tell you who it was. I won't tell you what, but I'll just tell you that it got to the point where I walked up to him and I said, either do A, B, and C, not C, B, and A, A, B, and C. And if you don't, I'm coming back out here with a bat. And I said, two things are going to happen. You're going to the hospital and I'm going to jail. Did, is that qualify? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I didn't handle that right at all. Uh -huh. That was, I'm not saying that was the right thing. It was absolutely the wrong thing to do, but it got his attention because he, because the, what he knew is that I was coming back outside with a bat and he was going to the hospital. I said, you want to see what a good old fashioned street fight looks like? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you a good old-fashioned street fight. He was about 16, 17, something like that. And I said, 
I said, you will not win this. You won't. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how strong you are. You're not going to win. Why, why did it get to that point? Uh, I think, I, you know, I think it was, uh, your know, relationship was, it was like this a lot over those, those teenage years. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it, and, and, you know, I allowed some stuff to happen that probably shouldn't have, I guess. I don't know exactly, you know, we, we were, we, we could take, we're both at fault. I was at fault because I was a parent. I should have handled it way better, you know, but you know, I didn't, I, you know, I was young, dumb and, and arrogant, man. You know, thought I knew everything, didn't know everything. And, and it, uh, and it almost, uh, it almost cost me. So, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm just saying it, it, it's, it happens over a progression of time. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. It doesn't happen overnight. It is. It takes time for that kind of stuff to happen, you know. So if you're watching and you've got a, a tough time with your with your kids, you know, ju- you know, just make sure that you're that you remember that first off, God's in control. Mm. When you try to break control and you try to be the God in your house, you're going to have problems. You know, right. uh, I tell young, you know, I'll tell young young fathers, you're not God. You're not God. You're just trying to lead them to Him. You know, don't don't become like one. You know, it's a, uh, you know, I've had a had a uh, case over the last 10, 13, 14 days. And uh, those of you who know us, you know what I'm talking about to see a lot of people with a God complex. OK, and uh, and I don't want to be like that. Hmm. And I was like that. That's the problem. So I think it was a, it was a took a long time to get there. Sure. I think sure. is what is you know, it didn't just happen overnight. It took a long time and I wasn't aware of it. And I didn't have anybody like me tell me, Hey, you know, you know, that they're a human being and they're, and they're a viable human being and you need to treat them as such, even though you're, they're your child. So if you can come to that conclusion that, cause I, I, I mean, based on your previous comment, you didn't stop loving your son. Absolutely not. This relationship didn't no. end. That wasn't the good, end of it. Good, it didn't stay there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was a misstep on your part, misstep on his part. We're no, I think it was people. more misstep on my part. And see, if you're even saying, look, this is this is really misstep on my part here. Yet <clears throat> the relationship didn't end. You understood that this is a moment in time. We can move past this. This isn't the end of it. This doesn't have to be the end of it. You know, do you think God can come to that same conclusion? Well, I think so. He taught us. He created us. You know, after after seeing what uh, God's capable of over this last 14 days, you know, he can do anything. He can do anything he says his mind to. He can change his mind if he wants to. He's God. Well, and we're going to see that in Exodus 33. So in 32, this horrible thing has happened. This covenant that God made with his people has been broken, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so we've seen this covenant break. And now we're going to see how God reacts. And I love Moses. We could could do a a long study just on Moses through here. It's Mm -hmm. on his continued intercession, how he intercedes, how he continually does that. A type of Christ. I mean... And I think as the church, we need to look at it yeah. because we are supposed to be intercessors. This is what we're called. Christ was an intercessor. We're called to That's grow right. into Christ. Right. We should be interceding. Yeah. We should be interceding between the enemy and the world and our father. Yeah. Right. We should. we should constantly be interceding because we understand that the enemy is trying to destroy the world. You know, I just I just spoke this past Sunday. Well, and by the time they see this, it won't be this past Sunday. No. It'll be Sundays ago. But I just spoke about how... The world we're watching the world go go off a cliff. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. You know we can't afford it, to be it upset. It is bankrupt, isn't it? It's absolutely bankrupt. We can't afford. We really can't afford to be angry, upset, and militant against the people. No. The people are lost. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do this type. Well, of thing. and I, I spent five days in Houston, mm-hmm. 
That's huh. a place of cesspool. That place is cesspool, man. You know, they they breed they they breed this stuff, man. I mean I, I mean I asked a couple of them. I said, "Do y'all breed this stuff, man? I mean, are y'all come back naturally?" You, what do you What do you mean specifically? Can you speak to the drivers specific? are awful? Oh, the drivers are awful. They're awful. Why? Well, I, I mean, and and you, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna tell you. I think people uh, in Houston. They will agree. kill. No wonder they have road rage stuff. They they people. Them people are crazy. And I asked somebody. I said, "Do y'all breed bad drivers?" Or y'all y'all fall off a tree somewhere? Did you know is this bred in y'all's DNA from birth? You know, they birth you and you're automatically labeled a bad driver? I mean, gosh, man. And then, you know, I mean, we had a homeless guy follow us. The only thing that stopped him was Kevin. You know, Kevin, you know, because he wasn't armed, because we were in a hospital, you can't have a gun and so he wasn't armed. And you know, but he had a pocket knife and he and he pulled it out, opened it up, and let the guy see it. The guy turned and walked across. I know what he was. Not, he and there was eight of us, three, four men, and yeah. he followed us anyway. That's a cesspool. Do you think you're going to get something from us or take something from us? There's four men there, and you're a homeless guy. Well, yeah, they have that mindset. It's cesspool brings breeds that that negative, evil, bubbling mindset. Just, well, if you're listening from Houston, now you know what Dan, how Dan feels well, about Houston. You know the one, and I met some really great ones in 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 the hospital. I mean, it was it was stellar. That was probably that's the place saved her life. That place saved her life. Yeah, you know, and uh, they they deserve every bit of accolades that they that they have heaped on them. They deserve it. When you called me and said it is the premier stroke place in the in the world, you, you were not kidding. That's very good. Every every floor is is a. Uh, is teeming with with expertise and it is know, it's a, it's amazing that you have to go to four floors before they English go home they they transfer you to four different floors before you can go home yep and the mri has to be clear before they let you go home or they're gonna keep you yeah it's very good they're, they're not you're not gonna die on them is, <laughs> is there you know but yeah it just it's you know but but you know when you get outside of those little pockets those realms it just it's and and that's here too i mean it's, everywhere. it's not houston i just happened to be in houston for five days and you know i asked the cab driver i mean the ambulance driver and he said he said see we just take that you know just everyday life it's, it's just is what it is it yeah. is what it is yeah. you know but you know i don't know so anyway but yeah god god is very is very good at uh, at uh, being God. Yes, and he doesn't need our help. No, he doesn't. Doesn't need our help. So they've gone they've gone through this you know horrific breakup, and uh, what is the Lord going to do? What I mean, Moses is interceding on their behalf. Notice mm -hmm. the Lord's initial reaction to their sin, to them breaking covenant, is leave me alone in my anger. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this people, and Moses says, don't do that, mm -hmm. Lord, don't do that, mm -hmm. don't do that for your name's sake, yeah. don't do that. Because we'll think of all what the nations will think you know, of you. God, God has a plan, Cole, mm -hmm. and we see this here. I mean, I mean, can I read? A, sure, a go for Let's, it. Yeah. We're going to start. I'm going to take the last verse of 32 and going. And the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they did with the calf Aaron had made. All right, so He strikes them with a plague. Doesn't say just the ones that did it. All of them. Okay. Now, then the Lord said to Moses, "Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt." And go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham. All right, you see what he said there? Yep. You, the people you bled up out of out of Egypt, <laughs> right? And then he says, and go up to the land I promised you, promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel. I'm not going to lead you anymore. I'm going to send an angel to do it now. And I'm going to send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you. 
because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. God said, I got a plan, but you know what? There was a time with, with me, with my son, that I needed, I needed, I needed to back off because I would ha I'd had enough. I'd had enough. I was tired of all of the nonsense. I'd had enough. And it, and it, and it was, I'm going to destroy you if you don't watch out. So I, it was time for me to back off. And I said, wow, it's pretty cool that God did the same thing because mm -hmm. he backs off from them. Because if I go with you, I'm going to, I'm going to kill all of you. So and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Why? Because I've got a plan. You know, uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, says that, uh, that I'm not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I think it's verse 2 or 3, the end of verse 2. It says, and, and once I renew the, have renewing of my mind, then I'll know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I know that God has a will and a plan. All right? He's got a plan. And, and many times I get in the way. Well, what's his plan? Plan is to take us to heaven. His plan is to save us. To save us. You know, and, 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 the, and this was the way he was doing it. Yeah. Now, he already told us, get out of the way. Well, what, what I'm trying to point out with the plan is it's not like I've got a plan and you're getting in the way of my plan and I need you out of the way. No. You're the plan. Yeah. The plan is you. Mm -hmm. I love you mm -hmm. deeply, deeply, mm -hmm. unreservedly. And I don't want to destroy you. And I'm trying to work out this plan to save you. Yeah. So I'm not going with you. Yeah. You know, when you say it's like, you're, I got to get out of the way because I got a plan. What's the plan? The plan is to love and bless. I mean, in the, in the, yeah. with the minor prophet. Look, or, at this, look at he said, I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I'm going to send you to a land flowing milk and honey. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to realize my plan. Yeah. He already just said, Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to destroy these people. And I'll create a view in the great nation. That's right. Yeah. He said, I'll change the plan. That's right. I'll change the plan. You know, but then, but then the plan was, was through Abraham the promise was through Abraham to bring us through his seed, the promise. Mm -hmm. And we realized that the plan can't change anymore. The plan is in effect. Jesus has, has, has put the plan in effect. It's done. Now, when he comes back, I think you said it Sunday morning. I think, you know, when he comes back, he is going to take vengeance. Oh yeah. He is going to deal out retribution because we were talking about God's compassion is not based on obedience. No. And we see it over and over and over. Now he does demand obedience from us. He does. But it, but to get compassion from God, he still he still empathy. You know, we you know how many times have I told you? You know, I deal with benevolence. I don't like to give money to homeless guys. I just don't. Okay? But everything that was happening to me and happening to my family, and we went to this place to eat and I came out and there's a guy out there, and he's obviously homeless. He's obviously something wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And I and I got in the car, and I said, hold up a minute. And I got out of the car, and I had two ones in my pocket, and I gave it to him. Broke my own standard and gave it to him. He didn't say thank you. Didn't say have a nice day, nothing. And I saw him, and he's, and he's, and he's, walking, and he's talking to himself, you know. But And I'm not saying it to say, you know, but, you know, my plan was always I'm never going to give homeless people you know, like that, we'll help. We'll do all kinds. Of, we do all kinds of things for homeless people, but I'm not going to give them money out of my pocket because I know what they do with it. Yeah. And and that compassion, it he didn't have to be obedient for me to be compassionate. And I just, for some sense, I had compassion on that guy. I don't know why it was him. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get. I had saw a lot of homeless people, but that one guy, I thought, you know, I don't know why. But I look at this, and I look at God's plan, and God's going to have compassion because he knows that not all of them were bad. Hmm. You know, he's going to wipe out everyone over the age of 20 
We're going to get to that. Okay. And he doesn't wipe them. All of them, all of them say we can't take the land. God's not good enough. God's not big enough. God's not powerful enough. God's not smart enough. Whatever it is. And yet he doesn't kill them all. He's not going to kill them all here either. He's going to, there's some good, they're going to die by the thousands and hundreds of thousands through the wilderness before they get to the promised land. But he told them here, he said, I'm not going to go back on my plan. And if I go with you, I might. So I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send an angel instead. And the angel will have the power to do what I would have done if I'd have been there. He's going to drive out all these people before you because they're going to all be in the way of you getting to your prom to the promised land. Absolutely. Now, he knows they're not going to meet all these people in the next three months. Right? Because that's how long it's going to take them to get to the promised land the first time. Not the second time, the first time. He's going to wipe them out after they come to the promised land the first time. Yep. Is when he's going to start wiping them out. So he knows what they're going to do. He knows that they're going to go to the promised land and he knows from afar what's he going to do. From afar, what's he going to do? He's going to kill everyone over the age of... I think it's 604,000 people, I think it says in the text, that are going to die in that 37 and a half years. 604,000 people are going to die before they get to the promised land. And he said, and I'm going to give it to your... Who? Your children. children. Your children are going to go ahead and take it. And yet he fed them, gave them water. Absolutely. He saw to their needs. Because of his compassion. Because of his compassion. Yeah. You know, you said earlier that, you know, to get... God's compassion, I don't need to be obedient. And that's that's very true. But the expectation once we receive his compassion is obedience. Absolute obedience. And so that's that's really how that dynamic works. If if his compassion was based on my obedience, we would all be destroyed. Yeah. Christ would not have gone to the cross. He would not have saved Noah. He would have just wiped the well, world out. Well, there's a question you, that, and then one of the questions that you gave us first, our small group, it was it was uh, Romans chapter five, verse five through eight. Mm -hmm. And it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. If he waits until until we're obedient, God never realizes the the, the delivering of his compassion. Ever. Which which is an interesting thing because I've seen multiple people um, preach the gospel message in such a way that it, it would seem like what they're saying is we have to be obedient first before we can receive God's forgiveness. And that's that. And so and and what I mean by that is when I say obedient, what I mean is I've got to clean up my own life. Yeah. I've got to get everything, everything that I've I got that. wrong. Didn't, I've got to get it fixed. Didn't you? I've got to, no. To a point? I thought no. that. I thought, you know, for a long time before I became a Christian. Uh-huh. I'm thinking, oh, okay. yeah. I got to, man, I got to stop doing this. And I got to stop doing this. And I got to stop doing this. And, you know, and I said, man, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to stop doing these things. I didn't realize I have to become a Christian. Then I, then, then I have the Holy Spirit to help me stop. Well, and that's, and that's the point that I'm making, right? So I've, I've seen people preach the gospel in such a way that says, now, if you want to obey the gospel, right? If you want to put on Christ, you've got to go home and fix your house first, get yeah. your house in order, and then you come put on Christ. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that's backwards. Yeah. That's absolutely backwards. You're a slave over well, here. You're never going to get... It's not possible to do that. It's not. Because no. we try that. It's like, you know, it's like uh, someone uh, trying to quit a habit. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the text says we're slaves. That's right. Right. Paul says in Colossians one that he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to mm -hmm. the kingdom of light, you and know, qualified us to share in the kingdom of light. That's right. So, I mean, how I, I I'm never going to, I can't free myself from slavery. Right. I need Jesus to do that. Absolutely. I need to be. So once you obey the gospel, you're set free. Then those yeah. changes start occurring. But we see God still working within that plan of salvation here, you know, yeah. and, and he said, he said, I might destroy you on the way. I mean, that's a, that, uh, and yet at the same time, he's going to save many of them 
because not not all of them are going to die. Well, I think we I think we figured out what that came out of Egypt. Probably two million people came out of Egypt. Well, and that's another thing too, right? We've and we've been bumping up against this topic quite a bit. God's predestination, mm -hmm. God's providence, yeah. God's all foreknowledge. How do all these things work together? And so we know. We know, because we have the text, it's already occurred. We know mm -hmm. that these guys are going to get to the promised land. They're going to fail, right? This current generation is going to fail, and God's going to destroy them anyway. Yeah. Why does he do what he do, does here? Why does he say, no, fine, then we'll send the angel. Why Why play this game? Why tell Moses, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to leave me alone, I'm going to destroy these people? Why does God do all this? He knows, he knew this was going to happen, first of all, right? He knows it's going to happen. He's already planned for it. He's already... So why go through it? Like, why go through? I mean, I could see someone look at this text and go, why does God go through I just, the theatrics? I just, I just told you what it's going to be like to raise Scott as a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old. Uh -huh. Why are you going to go through it? Why, why are you because gonna go I through love it? him. There you go. Because he's my son. There's, there you go. There you go. There he's people. He loves them. Don't like them very much sometimes. Wants to smack them around sometimes. You know, wants to, wants to put them in the corner, do timeout, whatever it is we're going to do. But he still loves them. He's going to give them the opportunity. Absolutely. Just like he did to Pharaoh, just like he does with Train us. them, teach them. That's how he's doing it. He's going to give them the opportunity, even though he knows they're going to fail, even though he knows that they're not going to do what he wants. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it'd be like if I knew for a fact my son was going to reject my family no matter what, I would still try. Yeah. I would still try. What do you think Jesus did with Judas? Think about the dynamic for three years. All right. He had him for three years. Think about the dynamic. Knew, knew from day one who he was and what he was destined for. The scriptures talked about him. The scriptures have prophesied about him. He, he was going to betray Jesus. It was in his DNA. He was not going to change. He had three years of Jesus teaching, sitting at Jesus' feet, and he could have changed and he didn't. Did that tell you there's something wrong with something going on in his head? Some wires were crossed somewhere? Jesus knew it. All right? He knew from the very beginning. And what does he do anyway? He tries. I guarantee he tries because that's the nature of Jesus. It is. You know, you yep. you may know that your son is going to make some bad choices. I know your son's going to make some bad choices. Man, I'm a man. I know what he's going to do. All right? But you love him anyway. You're going to keep trying. You're going to try to help to, to alleviate the, the fallout and eliminate the, the problem to begin with. You're going to do all that, just what God's going to do here because he loves them. He loves us. Well, and it's so important to see because, I mean, I, I would say that people today look at this and they come away with a couple of different ideas about God. Mm -hmm. They come, come away with that, these ideas that God is just a tyrant who's standing in the way of my mm -hmm. good time mm -hmm. or that God is just so he just doesn't care. Yeah. He's spinning that top and he's walking away. And it's it's what we see in the scriptures, including the Old Testament. I've heard I've heard people say, I want the God of the New Testament, that God of compassion and love, not the God of the Old Testament. And I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about? The God of the Old Testament is this, first of all, they're the same God. Same God. Yeah. But second of all, I would I would argue that you see God's compassion even more so in the Old Testament because he's got a group of people that he is told that he's appeared to. I hear people all the time too say, well, God should just set up on a mountaintop somewhere. And I'm like, he has, he he's done it. He did. They it. still don't follow. Yeah. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. And, and you know, we talked about this earlier with uh, behavior modification. We we're talking yeah. about behavior modification. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, that at the end of the day, if you don't want to change, you ain't going to change. No, I don't care how much you modify behavior. I don't care how much you you're taught. We're not to, dogs. No, no. You can, you can modify a cow's behavior with an electric prod. 
It'll only work. They it'll, will move when you touch them. With. It'll only go so far with people. And and you know, Ann and Mark have have a dog, Chloe, and she, you know, they live, you know, where my shop used to be, and there's a long driveway, and and, and she liked to run, and she'd run up to the road, and they put a collar on her. What was the collar for? Modify her behavior. What did they do? Bzz, bzz, that she knew. So pretty soon, all they had to do is say it, say it, and show it to her. She. <laughs> she's standing attention man. <laughs> I didn't do it I didn't, I didn't do, it. do it you can just hear well trained you can hear I didn't do it I didn't do it <laughs> please don't push that button please <laughs> you know, and, and people think that that's what God 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 doesn't want puppy dogs no he wants sons and daughters who you know I mean I am very fortunate in spite of me my sons turned out really well and uh, and I have sons that I can count on, sons that that are I'm proud of, sons that I that uh, that I would trust with anybody's money, children, family, stuff, anything, you know. And and not a lot of families can say that. And it was only by the grace of God that that happened. Yeah, that's the only way it happened. You know, uh, through all of this, you know, I, I about three days into our stay in Houston. Uh, we got back to the hotel and I sat him down and said, guys, we need to talk. And I said, I don't know what to do here. I'm scared and I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. I said, I can't ask you guys to stay here any more than, than you've already done. I said, I can't ask you to leave your families and your children. And, you know, of course, Kevin had his two boys with him, but Mark, Paul and Delissa didn't. I said, I don't know. I can't. And uh, I think we were in breakfast and that, that they had a breakfast for, for the hotel people. And, and I think that's where we were. And I said, I don't know what to do. And they all of them looked at me and they said, you're kidding, right? And I said, what do you mean? We're not going anywhere. We're here. Until this is done, we're here. And I'm going. I wasn't on my own. I didn't have to navigate all this on my own. You know, I have a car anyway. You know, because if they go home, they have to take all the cars home. And, uh, you know, and it just, and it just, it just reinforced, you know, how, how uh, pleased God is when his children say, God, I'm here. I'm, I've got this. I'm here for the long haul. I'm here with you. I don't care what happens. I'm here. You know, we're going to be here to support my, our mom and support our dad. We're going to be here to support each other. And that's what the church is supposed to be. And I saw that in the church here over these last 13, 14 days. Yeah. You said it, you know, I've seen it. I've seen people step up. It's been awesome. It's It's been awesome to watch, man. It really has to be a part I'm of it. I'm sorry for the circumstances, but I'm- I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Because, you know, I know that God knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And if he chose to, that my wife and I are more than capable of dealing with this, you know, we'll learn how to deal with this. We'll know that there's a new normal. We, I, I, but, if this is how, what he needed to do to, to help this church to figure out that it is really truly is a family, then fine. Fine. You know, okay. You know, mm. uh, it's, it's okay. Well, and that's a, that's a wonderful example of James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers yeah. and sisters. I, I, and I think, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know if my, that's where my wife is, but, but at this point, but, uh, <clears throat> but I'm going to be her caretaker and I'm going to be taking care of her and, and, <clears throat> And, uh, well, I can almost assuredly tell you that's not where she is. Then, if you're going to be her caretaker, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we're going to be joined at the hip. If you see her, you're going to see me. Yeah. If you see me, you're going to see her. You know that's just the way it's going to have to work from yeah. now on. And uh, and you know, but uh, but we have the opportunity to be a great example to a yeah. church that that uh, that has been our family for 
30 years. And this is in this here and here in the text, this is really what makes the difference, right? So God says this, I'm not going to do this. He doesn't say, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do this mm -hmm. unless you do X, yeah. Y, and Z. Yeah. He just says, I'm not going to do this. And when the people heard, this is in verse four, these distressing words, they began to mourn and no one put on any ornaments for the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are a stiff necked people. What does the word Israel mean again? Remember when God changes Jacob's name to Israel? What does mm -hmm. Israel mean? Do you recall? Struggles with God. Struggles with God. Mm -hmm. Tell tell the people who struggle with God, mm -hmm. you are a stiff-necked people. Yep. Mm -hmm. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. You know, I, I, I want to, you know, because we're running out of time here, but, but you know, I want to go back to that. Uh, God gives them a name you know, I, I don't I don't know what names mean anything. We went through the names of God and they all mean something. Yes. Yes. You know, Yahweh Nisi means something. You know, the term Yahweh, Jehovah means something. And he gives them a name that's going to be their history for their whole existence. Struggles with God. I mean, and it's also the church. Because yeah. the church is Israel. Yes, it is. Right? In, yeah. in Christ, I mean, Galatians chapter 3, Paul makes it very clear. We are all yeah. one in Christ Jesus. Right. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile. We're all one. Yeah. We have been grafted on. The church has been grafted on into Romans, Israel. Romans chapter 10 or 11. So notice what he calls the church. Yeah. The name that he struggles Spirit, yeah. with God. Spiritual Israel. I mean, that's what we are. We're spiritual Israel. You know? That in Hebrews chapter 11, it says at the end of chapter 11, that said, only could gather with us. And he's talking to the church. Only together with the church. Only together with us could they be made perfect. You know, we both coexist. They had to coexist. That's why it's so important to study the Old Testament, to learn about them, to learn what we need to know. You know, I, I, if you remember, Romans chapter 14 said everything was written before was written for our learning. To, to the encouragement and the comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. You, We get hope from what was written before. You know, right. what happened to these people happening to us. This text gives me great hope. Yes. Because I know it doesn't end here. No. It doesn't end with these people stuck at Mount Horeb with a God who doesn't want them. Yeah. It ends with the, with God coming in and saying, I am a compassionate and gracious hey, God. They have seen what a mad God does. Yeah. They saw what he did to Pharaoh and his army. That's right. They're going to see what he's going to do to what he's going to do at, at, at Jericho, what he's going to do to all the... You know, what Abraham and these guys, they, they, they have a history of what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. They know what this God's capable. They've seen him, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. They've seen a Red Sea split. You know, they, they know what's coming. They've seen dead people everywhere. They know. That's why they're distressed. But it doesn't stop them. Just knowing that God can, can, can annihilate us, falling in love with God is what changes us. Knowing that I have a loving father that loves me in spite of me and ha could take me out and chooses not to. And can make, you know, things happen in a person's life to get people's attention. And yet still, you know, I mean, I, I can't even explain to you how much, how we've been blessed from the, from the people that we know, you know, with, with everything we've been blessed with, you know, over the last, I mean, today is, today's Wednesday, we're, we're, uh, what's, what is the date? I lost track of the date. The 15th? The 15th. You know, my wife had her stroke on the second. We're 13 days in. Tomorrow will be two weeks, and and she and she made. Because by the time y'all watch this, she'll already have gone home. But uh, she was going projected to go home from the Pam unit on the 21st. That's another. That's another six days, and she'll go home from the Pam unit. It's awesome. 
It's awesome. No, you and I saw her. I know. It's I, I'm I'm using the word appropriately. It is awesome. <laughs> we say a lot of things are awesome in this world that aren't awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, and so so you know I know what this God's capable of, and I love Him, and I love Him because of it. You know, I love Him because of it. So. It's great. I can't wait to get the rest of this stuff. But, you know, guys, I've got a wife in the hospital. I got to go. So, well, let's yeah. uh, let's, let's pray. pray and we'll go. Father, thank you for being the God that you are, for being so awesome and so powerful and so loving at the same time, and so compassionate, so empathetic, and yet can cause things to happen to get to get attention to to people. Let them to the, that they'll follow you and they'll trust you. Uh, many people uh, have uh, have seen you through the through the the chaos that has come uh, because of things that happen in people's lives. And I thank you for it, Father. Bless us as we move forward. Help us to learn what these people are going to learn as they move forward as well, that you're an awesome, loving, compassionate God. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.